Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most influential and listened to podcast in auto detailing. Welcome to the community. Hey community, you ever wanted to be on stage at Mobile Tech talking about what you do as a detailer or listening around and hearing about all the different things that others in the industry are doing? We're excited about being back on stage for Mobile Tech 2022 in Orlando doing podcasts. Sheldon, tell us about uh, tell us about what you have that is, is going to be so cool for people with the speaker and the beer, and it's going to be a fun little event. Oh, yeah. So and Pines and Polishing coming back, we'll have a nice big space. Uh, there'll be a stage up there where, of course, they'll be recording different podcast segments and all that. You can get up there yourself as a detailer and kind of just talk about different things that you like at the show or what you've been doing in the industry. And of course, we're going to have free beer there. So gra grab a glass. Um, we're going to be setting up some pub tables, kind of make it a little uh, fun hangout space and you know, just come hang out with your friends and maybe learn a thing or two. We'll have a little speaker so you can kind of hear what the podcast people are talking about. So you never know what tidbits you might pick up if you just come hang out and uh, have a cold one. Hey, here's to cold beer and community, no doubt. Yeah. And then also uh, the first time ever at Mobile Tech Expo, we're doing the Golden Mic Award for uh, podcasts. So as listeners of this podcast or any podcast you like, make sure you go to mobiletechexpo.com highlight over Orlando, and there is a golden mic nomination form. So nominate the podcast that you think is best and make sure you tell us why. We're going to really be paying attention to the why you think they should win, not just how many votes. We want stories of how this podcast changed your business or changed your life. So make sure you fill that out. And we look forward to giving those awards away Friday night. Hey, that's awesome. Thanks so much, Sheldon. Yep. Talk to you soon. <laughs> Welcome to Pints of Polishing Podcast. My name is Marshall, and I'm your guide as we journey through the car care industry. You can find me and Nick on most platforms at HyperClean Store. The best way to get in touch, though, is go to the fun Facebook group, HyperClean Specialist, where we're having all kinds of interactions, or shoot me a text direct, 918-800-1188. Nick, uh, well, I am diving into a nice cold beer. What are you going to buy and sell today? Well, I'm actually going to be selling today. So anybody that's ever dealt with insurance companies knows, hey, they're not fun. We had a fender bender literally May of 2020. We're still dealing with it on the business side. No big deal. People trying to get paid, whatever. It's stuff that happens when you got a bunch of trucks on the road. Look, things happen. I didn't, I didn't think anything of it. Got a random letter in my email at five o'clock last Thursday. And I think I was on the phone with you and I'm like, who? why is state farm emailing me? I don't even have state farm. Oh, wait a minute. Then I open the email and it's like, Oh, we may have to do this and this with this case, blah, blah, blah. Out of the blue. I haven't talked about that fender bender in like 18 months and they just popped it on me. So I leave a message, uh, not raising my voice in a professional manner. I raise my voice or excuse me. I don't raise my voice in a professional manner. I leave a very, very, uh, let's call it not so nice voicemail on the lady uh, who sent me the emails, you know, company phone number. She calls me back the next morning. Guess what? I'm sorry. I do this every day. I forget that some of those emails come out of the blue. I should have called you. You're right. We haven't talked in 18 months, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, Oh, great. You know, thanks for taking responsibility. This is great. Like two minutes later in the conversation, she goes, you know, 
in my defense, there's a lot of people out with COVID at our company. And I just went silent. I said, ma'am, you take, you already took responsibility. Like I was on your side. We're having a great conversation. I'm thinking to myself, when is the COVID excuse? So what I'm selling is when are we at the end of the COVID excuse? If you mess up, you can just say COVID, right? Like, Hey, you know, Marty, uh, sorry, I didn't mail that gift to you uh, for your birthday COVID. It's just like, it can be said about anything. And here's the woman who made a dishonest mistake. She told me why it was an honest mistake. She apologized. I say, Oh, great. You know, thank you for saying that all good. We're talking about something else. And then boom, she wanted to make herself feel better by saying, there's a lot of people out with COVID. I did. I'm just selling. I'm we're two plus years in. I'm done with the, I'm done with the COVID. I'm done with it. it it's I, I've had enough. We're done with the COVID excuse. I'm selling. I have to keep selling that for many years, Nick. <laughs> hey, if we get enough people to listen to this, Marty, we can put an end to, to COVID. I mean, it's like, God damn, dude, you already, you did the hard work. You're like, yeah, you know what? My bad. Cool. Two thumbs up. Let's move on to the conversation. But in my defense, three minutes later, I was like, wow, we're just going to use this excuse till I guess we can't. I, I, I don't know. It is almost like a, I, I would say it's almost like a get out of jail free pass in a sense on some things. But remember when we've tried to work on tickets that we had to cancel last year because people were scared of COVID and they backed oh, out of an expo and then we have to go get some tickets again. No, not so understanding. Not so, not so understanding. understanding. Let me tell you something. When it's my money on my credit card, I don't get all the understanding, but it, it, everybody else wants me to understand. But when I ask for understanding, I mean, think about this. We have somebody's shipment that takes like 13 minutes longer than they think it should be. And it's like, hey, man, you know, yeah, we were out with COVID. F you, F you, I can't believe F you can't. I mean, it's like, and then this lady sends me like a life altering insurance email and she gets to use COVID. I mean, you got to tell me the rules. And I think that's part of this for me. I don't know the rules. Like you said, we just simply wanted them to help us buy a ticket for this year's MTE based on everything that happened last year. And it was like pulling teeth. We're on the hook for like three more tickets somehow. I mean, it just doesn't matter. I, I just need a handbook of what counts and what doesn't about COVID. That's what I, I tried. Think. Like, you remember? Oh, I tried, yeah. Like, I even in the middle of this talks with the airlines, I was like, but it was COVID. Like, people were scared because of COVID. <laughs> they wouldn't let me do it. No. Then they kind of let you do it. Then there's like a time limit. It's like you're you're racing on Supermarket Sweep, that game show to get shit. I'm like, what is all the rules? Can somebody tell me what the rules are? So that's what I'm selling. I don't know what the rules are, so I'm constantly confused. All right, so I'm selling and I'm buying this this week. I, I was only going to buy, but I decided I'm going to sell also. Uh, and I'm going to sell, hopefully, maybe that's with Brandon Shaw. We might both be selling the ideas that the Cowboys going further along in the playoffs than ever in just debacles first round, right? Like, so <laughs> I don't yeah, know if enough. you watched that game. But, yeah, enough's uh, enough. I mean, that's yeah. uh, that whole staff should be fired. I mean, that's crazy. And then they want to blame the refs, and it's like, come on, man. You, you guys were at home. You're, you're, you're just bums. I mean, it's like, let's, let's just move beyond it. Yeah. But, but that end though, with the ref, that was crazy. 
right? Can't was, see but it's why, their fault. He should have yeah. given the ball to the ref. They shouldn't have put it down, right? They're saying, but then to have it go that way, it's like, wow, I, I'm done. No, I'm so nobody more deserving football. than a guy that run that runs a QB sneak with seconds on the clock. I mean, he deserved it. I don't care what anybody says. True, true. All right, but what I am buying, uh, what I am buying is a nice cold beer, right? And this nice cold beer just happens to be from Revolving Brewer, Revolver Brewing. Uh, what we have loved over about Revolving Brewing over the past years, and we've had it, uh, we've come down to Dallas and done different events. Uh, one where we did some certified training and all the detailers, we all met up and ate some barbecue. We got to drink Revolver Brewing. And what's cool about blood and honey is they actually put pure honey into it. Sometimes if you pour it out, you can see the mixture of the honey inside the beer. So it's, it's a really cool thing. And, you know, after a day where a lot of shit goes on that didn't go anywhere your way. And I know I did that last time, so I wasn't going to have another one of those. Cause you're right. I kind of went off a little bit negative Nancy last time. So I'm not going negative Nancy and that's why I'm buying, right? I'm buying nice, nice, cold, good beer because there's times in life. Yeah. Sometimes you just need to have a good cold beer and reflect on the day and think about how you're going to move forward. Sometimes you need two cold beers. And today it's a two cold beer day. So you know what? <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and give me another cold beer. I'm going to go yeah, ahead and hey. open it up. I'll be ready to go as we get into this episode. <laughs> the funny thing though, that I did find out today while I was you know busy, I, I found this beer and I, I was looking for it. I, I love blood and honey. You get it down here. The interesting things though, right? Oh shit. I got to go ahead and buy a third thing, right? I know you can't do it, but we're, we're just, we're doing it. I'm buying water burger and I'm buying water burger over in and out. I know there's some people that think that they're right on this theory, but they have chosen the wrong way, right? They chose yeah. the in and out way and it's just not quite as good. I, I get it that there are people that think that their palates can go one direction and it's the right way, but it is not. It is, it's the incorrect way. I'm buying Whataburger, but you know what I found at In-N-Out today when I was trying to dissect through the, the fries that they say you got to get all that extra stuff on it. And I, I think they call animal it style. animal fries. And yeah. you know, it, it was okay. You know, that burger was okay. What I did find there that was interesting that wasn't quite as good as Whataburger was the sign on the side of the building that said hiring at 16 to 18 bucks an hour. 16 to $18 now, if you wanna go in and I, this is flipping burgers at a little bit different place, I get it, but 16 to 18 bucks an hour, wow. Yeah, and I think their managers make what, 150,000 a year, if you manage an In-N-Out, something like that, 160. I think is the, is what a manager makes it in and out. I mean, look, it's owned by one, one woman, uh, big time show. Uh, I mean, it's, it's valuable, but look at how the world's changed. Did you ever think in two short years, the world would change and you'd be seeing a fast food place saying 18 bucks an hour to start. Uh, I just didn't think we would see it, but this kind of brings us to a great conversation today. We have so many people that reach out about hiring. And what do you see everywhere now? I mean, McDonald's in a lot of places starting at 15, 17, you know, 19 bucks an hour. Wendy's pays you every day. If you want to get paid every day as a worker, you can just have the money deposited every day for, for working. Uh, everybody's making an adjustment. And it seems like when we hear conversations inside of detailing, the adjustments kind of aren't being made or aren't being talked about or 
hirings being talked about from people that have, haven't hired a, an entry level blue collar position in 20 years. So I think it's going to make for an interesting conversation today. Well, and, and the, I think there's, we, we talk about going at it a couple different ways. So thinking big picture wives, like for a moment, let's just take a second and go, Nick, you know, a little pat on the back, uh, Marty, little pat on the back, Marshall, whichever way you want to go. Uh, we talked about how this was going to be one of the things that starts to get even worse and worse and worse over the past couple of years. And especially as we've moved into the talk about where the economy will be, this is a moment where we get to say, I wish it wasn't so, but it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can't change it. And a lot of things get said around hiring, like, Oh, it's never been like this. I mean, Marty, I've been hiring since 2010, you know, for my own business. It's 12 years in. Hiring for entry-level blue collars never been easy. It's never been easy. And it's a little bit more difficult now. There's no question about it. But everybody acting like there's some formula. That's the bizarre thing to me. Amazon hires entry-level blue collar. McDonald's hires entry-level blue collar. Do you think these companies have an incentive to get it right? If McDonald's has been hiring my whole life, there's never been a McDonald's that I visited in my entire life that wasn't hiring. Would you agree with that? Do you think McDonald's is incentivized to learn how to hire entry-level blue collar? The answer is yes. They haven't figured it out. So I love when people are like, well, I mean, if you just have this sheet and you ask people these questions, it's like that idiot's hiring for a $250,000 a year VP. That's a different story. Hiring entry-level blue-collar, man, it's never been easy, and it's not easy now. And it's not getting easier. No, ever in Korea, right? Like you mentioned in the past 10 years, so no matter what you've done, it's always been difficult. No matter what aspect in car care I've been in, it's been tough, right? Whether that's mobile to – so listen, if you're hiring at a, at a car wash – it gets extremely difficult to do finding the right people to fit in those spots. Well, is it just as difficult as hiring then somebody that you want to do a narrow type niche work? So thinking about hiring also really helps us then to think overall big picture of what's our process for our company. What's our process for our business? What are we going to do? What's, what's the direction, the overall direction that we want to head and steer our company Right. And then in detailing, we can pick through some different avenues in a sense that you and I have tossed around. And this is part of that big picture idea of being able to figure out. And this is what we say. There's no one way to run your business, but there's a way to have talks so we can go back and philosophy. So let me ask you this philosophy question in a sense, Nick. What would be inside of car care running a detailing business would be the best part of a hiring uh, let's go. What, what do you call that? If there's a, a person and you, you, you want to pick through this different style of who they are, right? Like, yeah. do you want to hire somebody that you're going to immediately bring them in and they're going to be a full correction specialist? Is that the position you want to hire? Do you want to hire somebody that's going to be in a position that's going to clean wheels, door jams, scrub carpets, you know, vacuum? You're going to hire somebody that's going to run sales, marketing, you know, what is the direction of your overall business? And then you'll be able to piece in. And the reason why we got to get this figured out first, and this is why I want to start here, is if you, the detailer, 
want to be a correction specialist, and that's the direction of your business, how much harder is it going to be to quote unquote, build a business, but everybody loves that, you know, buzzword term scale, right? To scale your business, how much harder is it going to be to piece it in with correction specialists versus all the other types of people that you could bring in? Nick, I'd love to know your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think it's all equally hard. Uh, here, here's the facts. Uh, are you going to be able to hire a paint correction specialist that can do all the things you want him to do? No, because he's not, he really isn't attuned to your process. Just remember, I can bring in a lot of guys that are talented to cut paint. They don't cut paint the way we do at my company in the time frame we got to cut it, the things in the process that we have, right? So one of the things that we're watching, and I know a company that's doing this, they're looking for people all the time. They're offering relocation money. They're offering medical benefits. They're offering uh, 401k matching. How many detailers are offering that? This is a detail company. I'm here to tell you something, man. People are searching. They're searching for paint protection guys. They're searching for this guy. They're searching for that guy. They're searching for the entry level guy. They're doing anything in their power and they're hiring 24 seven. That, that, that is not going to go away. So I don't think any of it's easy. That's the lie everybody wants to hear is that, hey, you're going to listen to somebody and they're going to give you this secret of hiring. Let me tell you something. You're going to be hiring. If you're in business the next 10 years, you're going to be hiring the next 10 years. You are going to be hiring at all times. I've been in business since 2010. We've been hiring the entire time. Never had the hiring sign down. Never. The problem that I see guys running into is more or less they think there's an end to it. Oh, I hired somebody that didn't work out. Well, what if you hire 30 people and they don't work out? You're going to stop hiring? And that's where most guys find themselves. Oh, can't find good people. Okay, then you got to change your business, my man. Because when you hit 40, you're not going to really love cutting paint like you think. Or you're going to be forced into that lifestyle. This is why we've been so heavy on guys understanding chemical distribution. You want a way out, there's a way out. There's a way to, to scale your business for real as a one-man show, but it's not what you think. And here's where we get to, there's a process. You're exactly right, Marty. Where am I going to hire a guy? If I need a paint protection film guy, I can't pull somebody off the street. I can't, I can't do my reputation that way, but I don't have five guys waiting in the wind that I've been training either. So now I got to go find one. Not an easy thing to do, man. Most people installing paint protection film. Most people cutting paint at companies have been taught by those companies. That's a fact. And guess what? Those people are going to leave those companies. Then they're going to go maybe catch on with another company. I'm telling you, man, I see so much bad information around hiring that if you haven't taken the last two years and opened your eyes and see the world change, there really is no conversation to be had. Well, you mentioned that, you know, the past two years, seeing how the world's changed, but you know, I'm a, I'm a guy that's 24, 25. I might be 30, might have one guy, but I'm most likely just by myself. I want to have a business, right? I, I inside, I, it's why I'm here. I'm here to have a business. I, I want to make a lot of really good money. Um, I, how do I hire somebody, right? Like there's that, there's that question, right? That just, how do yeah. I do it? So the re yeah, the reason people can't hire, or let's just say you get through hiring somebody and you keep having people quit. That's the main issue we hear from everybody. Hey, when I started to hire, they started to quit. I hired somebody, they quit. 
So then you have this person tell you, I say, okay, why don't you tell me what your one step and a two-year coding? Why don't you give me the exact time that takes on a mid-sized SUV, which is the most popular car on the market? Ah, well, Marty, Nick, you know, if this happened, hit the buzzer. You're going to struggle to hire because you don't even know the process and the amount of time it takes to do one of your main services. So if your business isn't dialed in before you start hiring, you're going to hire and you're going to get more and more frustrated because you're going to say, man, everybody's quitting. But if you can't tell people exact processes and procedures, guess what? They get frustrated. They, they, they're not going to tough it out. There's too many people hiring, Marty. Too many people hiring, man. I don't need to be with an unorganized maniac that doesn't know his number one package and how long it takes. I'll share this story. One of my two-man teams last week, I shared this with you. I knew by the time I was getting check-ins, they were running too late three days in a row. I'm like, something's off. Pull them aside. I said, hey, man, what's going on? Walk through the process. I said, hey, you got to cut this and this out. By the next day, they were on, or by that, later that day, they were on schedule. So me knowing the process of what they were supposed to be doing down to the minute allowed me to address a problem and get them out of the field quicker and get their frustration level down. But if I don't know my process inside now, and I can't monitor time for my phone, how do I help my guys? The answer is I don't. Because now they're just going to be frustrated with one another, not knowing what either, they didn't know what they were missing, right? They're just in the moment doing something. But the fact that I knew every time they text me at the end of the day, I go, these guys are about an hour and a half behind on the day. What the heck's going on? I didn't say anything the first day. Didn't say anything the second day. Didn't say anything the third day. The morning of the fourth day, I walked out. I said, man, what's been taking you guys so long? We walked through processes. Where, what should have taken what? Boom, we identified a problem. Me knowing my process is better than any human being on the planet allowed me to solve a problem for them. You know what most people do to their employees? They just badger them. Oh, you know, why are you guys an hour and a half behind? Because they don't actually have a process for those guys to get done in a certain amount of time. And so now you have the revolving door. It isn't that, that I have a perfect hiring process. It isn't that I keep everyone. That's, doesn't, that's not realistic. But you're going to keep people a lot longer if your processes and your procedures are dialed in. And there's so many people that don't want to hear that and why process is one of the three words that identify with our brand from here on out. And at the end of the day, you can align purpose with that. You know, what are you trying to accomplish as a company? Because if you just go out to hire because somebody told you you're supposed to hire, it's a real bad reason to do it. So in, in let's just take a question in a theory, right? And maybe even in percentages, throw this out. Which would be easier if a guy wanted to build off of? I get it. Neither position's easy to hire. It's always difficult to hire. If I want to look at a business and I'm going to hire into that business, which roles do you find are the easiest to hire for and which are the hardest to hire for? Well, difference makers are the hardest to find guys that are really going to take a lot off your plate. So let's just say you had, you know, you were a mobile guy and you were going to hire a foreman to run a truck. That's a hard thing to find, right? Because that guy's got to be a certain type of personality. The easiest thing to hire is an entry level person, but they're also the hardest to keep because they're entry level for a reason. Most entry level people, if you really got a truthful resume, are probably on their 10th job in the last two years. 
if they're being honest with you, which they aren't. We find this all the time. You find it all the time. Anybody that's hired, you look at someone's resume and go, hmm, this doesn't really add up with the person I'm talking to. And you realize that resumes are words that can be deleted and made up in all these different things. I know people don't like to hear that, but that's what happens. And guess what? It's easy to hire entry people, but I may have to hire 20 to get one good one that moves on in my company. Guys don't like to hear the numbers, man. But if you've hired three people last year and you tell me you can't find people, that's not enough. You need to be hiring constantly, every day, all day, hiring talent, plain and simple. There's not a company on earth. If Amazon's doing it, you got to be doing it because Amazon has every reason to get the hiring process right. They're hiring all day, every day. They got people. That's all they do is hire people, plain and simple. Hire people and they give sign-on bonuses, which didn't help our cause when we lost somebody to Amazon, you know, like, yeah, no. And look, we have to fight it. You know, at the end of the day, you got to find what's right for your company. And I, I, this is a piece of advice that nobody wants to hear. If you're not doing 10 hours worth of work a day, consistently five days a week, minimum for months on end, you don't need to hire someone. I hear this all the time. I need, I need to hire someone. I need to hire someone. I said, how busy are you? Well, uh, I'm kind of busy. Like, dude, you need to be busy for an extended period of time. Make some money. And guess what? One of the reasons people have a hard time hiring, in my view, because I went through this struggle, is they didn't realize how much money it costs to hire someone. It's a big expense. So if I have to eke by to hire somebody, I'm not in the right position to hire. I mean, you, Marty, we've all experienced that. We went and hired someone. We're like, oh man, what's, what do I owe them? Wow. That I kind of made a misjudgment. Okay. We're going to get out of it. That's, that's very obvious. That's why I always tell people, if you also aren't hiring from a financial position of, of, of great standing in your business, you're going to put more pressure on that entry level person than ever before. And they're going to feel it. They're going to be like, man, this, why is this guy on top of me? All I'm doing is wiping a rim. And a lot of times that, that energy, that negative energy you're giving is because you can't afford that person. You're pushing the envelope too far. Just relax. Be busy for a long time on your own. Learn your processes and procedures. Then when you hire, hire from a position where you can be calm about hiring someone. Interesting you made that comment because I think you're, I think you're 100% spot on. There's times where I have pressed people too hard, you know, Hey, you got to do this, this. And I realized that once you said that, I was like, ah, that's completely true. Many times when we're pressing somebody and we're expecting too much out of them, it's because it's a pressure on us. I have to get them to perform or else they're costing me money. Yeah. And, and this is the big detailers conundrum. So many guys don't want to take one step back to take three steps forward. Right. Let me tell you something. The first person you hire, you're going to lose money on that deal for a while. Just an FYI, you're not going to make the same money or more. That's what everybody thinks. I'm going to hire somebody. Now I'm going to double my income. No, that's not how it works. Okay. You got taxes. You got things you got to deal with with them. You got headaches you got to deal with. It, it's, it's so many guys don't want to take one step back, make a little less money because guess what? They want to wear Jordans or they got a big car payment or they got a big house payment or they got a life they can't afford. And all of a sudden I hear all the time. Marty, you and I've had this conversation with people before. I can't find anybody. My team quit. This happened. That happened. Okay. I'm not saying it didn't happen. 
but I'm also saying I can see on your Instagram, you're real big on spending money. So did you really want to hire or did you want that boat? Did you really want to hire? Or did you want those four pairs of shoes? Did you really want to hire or dot, 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 name it. And that's where I get like, Hey guys, if you want to have a party and have a good time and you want to spend every dollar you make, don't hire somebody. It's no big deal. It's really not that big a deal. Nobody, the law doesn't say you have to hire someone. That's the other part of it. People are getting pressured into my next move is hiring. Then you start asking them about their business. You're like, dude, you're nowhere near hiring. What do you mean? Uh, well, you sat at home the last three days or your shop isn't busy or you have one job at the beginning of the month and the next job is the middle of February. Okay, uh, dude, you're not ready to hire. You need to look at your process. You need to look at the product company you're aligned with. You need to look at the coding situation you're in. Are you trying to sell 55-year coatings and they're not moving? Okay, well, we got these other options that could be selling tomorrow. All these things got to be in line or when you hire somebody, man, that pressure on that person is going to run them right out of your company. But in order to get them to make sure that well, I'm bringing somebody in and they begin to produce, right? You, you mentioned you got to be busy and, you know, which, which way should you be the busiest? Which direction should your business be going so that you can bring in, I think, just an easier process for somebody, right? Like this is the reason why I bring this up and I'm not going to sugarcoat it anymore because, and there's no right way, right? They, we're not, and this is what I think is great that you always try and make sure we put out, like, listen, we're not saying don't ever do certain things in the industry, in sure. a sense, right? We don't believe in lifetime coatings. We don't believe in growing a business off of nothing but full corrections every day and doing that, We, right? We don't think that that's the best direction. Should you, and will we ever tell you never to do that? No. That's your business. That's the way that you want to. But Nick, there's plenty of these, you know, what's over the past years has come out even more and more. I'm a solopreneur. I like to just do my thing. I don't want to yeah. hire. I don't want to do any other. Cool. Yeah. And, that, and, and so then don't feel bullied into doing it. Right. Do you do your thing, make great money. Right. But then we have these solopreneurs that, 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 reach out to us and are not that busy. And we find out that the only thing they're offering is two steps, paint correction and seven year coatings. And you go, Hey man, do you do, you know, a nice one step with a, with a one, two or three year? Oh no, not for me. Okay. Why is it not for you? You'd rather sit at home. And there's a lot of guys listening to this, man. You think that the next step for you is hiring. And the next step really is getting your packages and your procedures and your processes in line. That's what the next step is. It isn't hiring because when you hire and all that stuff's not in line, like I said, if you don't have a correction model with three packages, basically, we know it's going to be tough for you to make it. It isn't really my opinion. I know the guys that are successful across the United States. They don't offer 58 different packages. They offer a good, better, best. Then on their interior, they offer a good, better, best, right? And what they're really trying to sell you is the better. Not the good and not the best. They love that middle package. That's where they make their money. And they can tell you why they make the most money there. But I start talking to guys, they're ready to hire us. Okay, walk me through what you do. Well, you know, I, you know I'm a little addicted to, to getting it perfect. So my one step can take me from six hours to 60 hours. I don't know, but I'm addicted to getting it right. 
it's like, uh, did they pay for, you know, 60 hours of correction? Well, no, but I, you know, I'm just built that way. No, you're an idiot. Don't lie to yourself. You're not morally superior because you do that. You're costing your family time, your family money, and your business money. So because you don't have a process, then when you go and hire, what happens, Marty? You have a guy standing on a car for 60 hours that you, that you told him was going to be four. And now this guy's like, wow, this is a terrible job. And you lost. You lost that person. Could have been a good person. We've all burned a good person. It's the other thing that people want you to believe, that they didn't screw up a hire when they look back and go, man, that was a good guy. I just wasn't ready. I did this, this, and this. Maybe my temper wasn't in line. Maybe I wasn't fine. Right? You have to look back and say, you don't bat 100%. There's times where it's on you. And I think that's what I hear when I hear people giving advice on hiring. A, they don't hire entry-level blue collar. It's some guy that hires VPs telling me how to hire. That's, that's not relevant to an entry-level position. Or it's some guy that's never really hired at a big level and said, ah, you know what? I hired one guy last year. Didn't work out. Have, you know, people don't want to work. It's like you hired one person, my man. It's not how this thing works. You, you got to understand that the wet paper towel theory kind of is kind of how this goes because McDonald's does it. Amazon does it. They're not buffoons. They're making lots of money. If there was a way to do this entry level thing, I think somebody would have figured it out in the last hundred years. The struggle's got to be right. Like I, I know for me, it, it does happen quite a bit. Some of the struggle that begins to grow for many people is you get into things that maybe don't, mm, how do you say it? Don't bear enough fruit. Maybe the things that we're doing are a little bit meaningless that sometimes when we're, we're going around, we're, we're busy in our day, we're busy in a car, we're busy on it. But a lot of the things we do are simply a little meaningless when it comes yeah. to the results that we really want for the overall purpose of our business. Oh, it's, look, busy work is the enemy of success for a small business guy. Busy work is really important when you run a huge company because you put all these things on these performers. And I know a lot of people have heard it on this podcast from me originally, and now it's being sold other places. But this was always my theory that I came up with, that I shared, was when you're a business owner, the only thing you can ever do is move someone up a level. That's all you can ever do. So if you hire a C-plus guy, you can get him to a B-plus. If your processes and procedures are right and your company's running right, you can get him to a B plus, but he's never going to be an A plus. It's not going to happen. And what everybody wants to do is they want to hire a D and wonder why they're not getting an A. Instead of thinking, okay, this kid's a D plus. If I make him a C plus, I can work with that. Right? This is what everybody messes up. I messed it up. Let me be clear about that. I thought everybody that came into my company should see all my wisdom and be like, man, this is such a great thing. That's not how they see it. It's just a job to them. It's no big deal. I'm not mad about that. I'm certainly not mad about that anymore. I'm like, hey, if they come in and do their job and do it really well, that is a, a, a to me, an A-plus person. And like I told you, show up, shut up, and keep up. Right now in society, if you did those three things, you'd be making six figures pretty quick. Because companies can't find those people. But we, we've got our day full. We've got cars, right? We've got customers. We've got marketing. 
We've got so much that goes on inside of our day. You're telling me I've now got to spend even more time trying to figure out hiring and, and how to dial in my process so that I make it so much easier for somebody to come in it. Nick, that's a yep. lot of work. Well, and this is why we always make the joke when somebody tells me, oh, the reason I started my business is because I can't work for people. Marty, I can't work for people. And you want to tell, I've, I've now met exactly 8 billion people that have told me that and all of them are not successful, right? They're just not successful people because here's the reality. When you start a business, you just listed off all those things. You work for your employees. You work for your customers. You work for your landlord if you're a shop owner. You work for the truck company that you're paying the payment to if you if you had to take a payment to, to start your truck and your mobile joint or, or, the, or the van leasing company or whatever. You work for a lot more people when you own a business than you do if you just have one boss and you're telling me how hard it is to work for one boss. Buddy, you're not going to be successful. You're working for everybody. And yeah, your purpose as, as a leader in your company is to make everybody else's job make sense to them. That's your job. And if you can't make somebody's process super simple of what their job is, they're not going to stick around. They're going to get frustrated. Not, it doesn't make them bad. Who wants to work at a place that frustrates them? The answer is nobody. Not you, not me, not anybody. And what people don't realize is when I ask them to the minute, I mean, people have asked me this. I know how long on a midsize SUV my guys should be doing a maintenance detail as a team, about 32 minutes. When it gets to 36 minutes, I know we got a problem. When it gets to 41 minutes, I know we got a problem. Now, you want to tell me somebody knows their stuff better than me? They never seem to come on this platform, all those people. But I'm just telling you, that stuff matters because it gives confidence to my team. When I can pick up the phone and say, hey, why are you guys a half hour behind? See, everybody thinks you need these tracking systems. You know, oh, I need to know where my truck is. I've had guys ask this. Why aren't you sweating where your truck is? Because I know where they're supposed to be. I don't need an Apple tag to tell me where my truck is. I know when something's off. So I don't have to get anxiety about it. I don't have to get worked up about it. I just get to pick up the phone and say, hey, man, where are you guys at? Hey, stopped at a gas station. So-and-so is not feeling well. You understand. Click. Yeah, I understand. They're right back on schedule. Or, hey, this vehicle was in shit shape. You need to call the customer. They left us in a bad spot. Guess what? I get to charge that customer more. Hey, man, you didn't tell me the situation your truck was in. My guys are now running behind. It's going to be 2X on that. We do that all day, every day. Marty, you see how many things I do. How often do you, do you really hear me stressed about my business? Be, I mean, if it's a lot, say it's a lot. But I don't think you see me that stressed about my business. No, I wouldn't say stressed. I wouldn't say stressed. Now, you and I, as we say, you know, we're, we're friends at the same times as partners, right? You know, yeah. we, sometimes we'll share some stuff back and forth between each other. And, you know, for instance, like you mentioned, somebody's, you know, got a sick, they, they've done something, right? You know, give me a shout. Oh, you and know, me, like, oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? You we'll know? have, we'll, but, dude, we'll have funny conversations. Yeah, we'll have funny but conversations. Honest, but honestly, I try to tell guys this. Because I'm so locked in on where everyone should be, I don't really sweat what is going on. There are times there's no doubt I got to step in, man, and say, hey, this can't happen. Hey, you guys are doing this. Hey, we can't do that. I'll have quality control issues I got to deal with, just like every company. But guys, if you're sitting there sweating your hire, it, you've done something. There's something that you're doing that's, that's causing you to sweat that. 
And that is you, not them on most occasions and take it from somebody that's made the mistake. I'm not saying it's judgmental. I'm saying if you hire enough, you start to figure out it's your job to put everybody in a position to win. And guess what? Some people aren't, aren't winners. It's all right. It's no big deal. You cut bait. Hey, wish nothing, wish you nothing but the best and you move on with your life. You're right. You know, I think this is where people should kind of rest their hat on, so to speak, is um, <laughs> if you got the right processes, and the right purpose, you have a better chance. There you uh, go. <laughs> it's no guarantee, right? You know, no. <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll give you money back for as much as you paid to listen <laughs> to this episode. Yeah. Right? And I'll just say it again, guys. Amazon has a reason to get this right and they can't get it right. Don't, don't think that there's a magic pill out there. Nobody's found it. Entry-level blue collar is a very, very tough place to be, which is why I always tell guys, make sure you really have to hire. If you have to hire, go hire. If you are telling yourself you're, you've got to hire, but you haven't really gone through and said, hey, I wrote it out, Nick, this is why I have to hire. Let me tell you something, man. Most guys don't have to hire. They're just trying to hire because somebody told them that's how you scale. Oh. So the encouraging note for everybody listening is, listen, <laughs> it, it, it is a bitch. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> you ain't lying. <laughs> I mean, and you're going to be doing it forever. So, so either get used to it or just don't do it at all. Because mm -hmm. the hiring sign doesn't go down, man. It just, never, it just never goes off your building. in and out has been around a lot of years making billions of dollars. Their hiring sign is up when you went and got a burger, it, it's just up. There's nothing you can do about it. They don't sit there and cry at the home office over it. They just put the hiring sign up and hire and hire and hire and hire. One day they will learn that they will hire the right people that they might get a chance of making a better burger than Whataburger. But geez, oh, what's the French? No, it's the know. French fry. Yeah. The French fry in and out is the problem. The rest of it's a great spot, but the, the French fries are so subpar and you know, I, I still take five guys over all that. So I, I don't know. I mean, it's real great. People have these conversations, but if you're going to tell me it's better than five guys, that's nuts. Nuts. Agreed. Five guys. Cause that's a different, that's almost like the next level of burgers, right? Before going to a steakhouse and getting a burger, right? We shouldn't do that, but you can find some really, really good burgers at a steakhouse. The, yeah. the, the next up from fast food, uh, I, I'm going to say still my favorite fast food burger is Sonic. That's Sonic double cheeseburger. Hey, I just had this conversation with somebody. For those listening, you know, people hate on Sonic. Oh, a lot sure. of people hate their food. I, I think their burger's decent. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a Wendy's guy. So it's, you know. You like the square, huh? You would be hey. a square, wouldn't you? <laughs> Damn, you hey, I got, a fun, I got a funny Wendy's story for you to end the podcast. So Dave Thomas is from near where I grew up walked into an electrical union that my, my family was a part of, you know, they were all electric electricians at one part of my family said, Hey, I'm going to start this place. They all had a chance to invest. None of them did. How about that for a, how about that for a kick in the nuts? They were, they were too busy doing good electric work. <laughs> oh, square patty. Nobody's going to buy that. How about you you guys are idiots. I just made a zillion dollars. Yeah. Wow. And then for those who don't remember, down. remember the Wendy's salad bar? That used to be a big thing. It did used to be a big thing. You're right. Uh, I think he should have walked in with those fries that they have now with the sea salt. You know, they got good fries now. Yeah. And, the, and the Wendy's 
the little frosty. If he walked hey. in with frosty and Wendy's <laughs> fries, they would have been sold. They would have been yep. sold, no doubt. Hey, so it's a business podcast. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. You didn't invest with Dave Thomas, you lost. No big deal. <laughs> All right, man. I'm going to enjoy the rest of this cold beer and uh, uh, enjoy my night. Nick, thanks so much. And everybody else, uh, well, good luck hiring. <laughs> Talk to you guys later. All right. If you guys got anything out of this episode, a lot of fun. I get it, right? Like, this is kind of one of those episodes that went a little deep and went heavy into the maybe not the direction that everybody wants to go. And it is many times difficult to talk about hiring, but you might have heard a nugget. If you heard a nugget, leave a review. Go share it. Go tell everybody inside of some different groups how you gained information out of the Pints and Polishing podcast. This is Marshall. Make it a great day. Thank you.